The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Welcome, Ecclesia. We are so glad that you joined us this morning. And in this season with so much going on, I find myself needing to pause and breathe and stop and remember. Um, one way I love doing that is at Be Still every Tuesday night this past week. Um, we started with a breath prayer and I would love to guide us in that breath prayer this morning. Just a moment to pause and to engage our breath and remember God. And so as we inhale, say be still and exhale for I am with you. We'll do it again. Inhale, be still 
and exhale, for I am with you. I find myself needing these pauses all throughout the day, and um, I'm grateful that you joined me now as I paused and we did that together. And now this morning, um, let's join in worship as later Erica Graham brings us a beautiful message. Um, she is a dear friend of our community and I'm so excited to hear from her this morning. Join me in prayer as we continue our worship. God, we are grateful that you showed us in scripture that you took pause to be still and be silent and to spend time with the Father. Thank you for breath and for the reminder this morning that you are with us. Be with us as we go and continue into worship. In your holy name we pray. Amen. If you don't build it with labor in vain, without your spirit, we stand with no strength. I know my time is passing away. The works of your hands are what will remain. Let the favor of the Lord rest upon us. Oh Lord, establish the work of our hands. to number the length of our days pour out your power oh, pour out your praise teach us to rhyme to finish the race Only what's done and love will remain. Let the favor of the Lord rest upon us. Oh Lord, establish the work of our
God of creation There at the start before the beginning of time But no point of reference You spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of light And as you speak If the stars were made to worship so alive I can see your heart in everything you made Every burning star a signal fire of grace If creation sings your praises so
Ecclesia, we continue to be committed even in this challenging season to the work God calls us, sharing the gospel, caring for the vulnerable in our city and beyond, caring well for the spiritual health of our people, and especially care for our children. As we each consider our part in this offering, please speak this prayer along with me. Almighty God, you created everything in the heavens above and in the earth below. You survey all of your creation and you savor its beauty and appreciate its goodness. To you, we lift up the best we have to offer from our time, talents, and resources. We give freely from what we've received from your hand and we give joyfully with the gratitude of a rescued people. We give generously with the excitement of children at play and we join with your mission and with your kingdom. In the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Hello, friends. Good to be together today uh, with you wherever you are in the world. We're so honored that you've tuned in with us. Uh, if we haven't met in person, my name's Wayne. I get to be the, one of the campus pastors here at Ecclesia, and I've got a couple things I wanna make sure you're aware of. First is we've got some opportunities for us to gather together in person. We're gonna be doing all of these outdoor because we just feel like that's the safest option that we have right now, and we totally want the chance to be in person if we can do that safely. So first, coming up really soon is our next November outdoor even song that we'll do here at 1100 Elder. That's on Saturday, November 21st. Uh, we've got some time slots there. You can register now for that. Uh, we'll have some time to sing, some time to pray together, some time to take communion, and it's always a fun environment uh, out here. So you can go to ecclesiahouston.org and look for November Evensong, and you can sign up for that to be together in person. And then next, we're starting something new over at our Westside campus that we're going to do beginning on November 22nd and continuing for the four Sundays in Advent. We're calling it Outdoor Eucharist. We're going to have four time slots each Sunday morning for us to have some time, again, to sing, to have some prayers together, to share communion together, and to consider what does it look like for us to anticipate the coming of Jesus as we approach Advent. Those are gonna be great times to be together. Again, it's gonna be outdoor. It's gonna be as safe as we can make it. And there's times already available for you to sign up. You can go to our website, ecclesiahouston.org and look for Outdoor Eucharist to participate there. Next, we are excited because we're coming into Advent and Advent's gonna look a little different this year uh, because of COVID, but that doesn't mean that we uh, need to punt on it. And so we're excited about what we've got coming up for you. First, we've got our day after Thanksgiving feast, which is a time for us to love and care for so many of our homeless brothers and sisters here in the city of Houston. Now it's gonna look a little different this year. Uh, and in order to prioritize their safety, uh, what we're doing is asking for donations. Uh, our homeless brothers and sisters need things like socks and they need shampoo and they need blankets and toothpaste. And you can be a part of making sure they have what they need to stay safe and to let them know that we think of them, that we love them. You can drop those off at both of our campuses. You can do it on Monday from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at 1100 Elder Street 
or you can drop those things off at our Westside campus at, on Wednesdays, again, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Next, we've got our Elder Street Art Market, which we do every year and is so fun, uh, where vendors get to do and make handmade great gift items, and you can purchase those. Uh, and we're gonna be doing that here at 1100 Elder, Saturday, December 5th. It's gonna be entirely outside, uh, and you can also participate online. Those vendors are making their goods available online if you want to do that. So we can't wait to see you there Saturday, December 5th. You can go to our website for more info on that. And lastly, I wanna tell you about probably my favorite event that we do at Ecclesia every year, and that's turning wine into water. That's coming up on December 10th at 7 p.m. Tickets are available starting right now. You can go to our website to get that. Uh, this is an amazing event. We get a chance to do this virtually this year to together raise a glass of wine and to raise awareness about how the water crisis, crisis impacts particularly women globally. And we get to do something about that together by having some great wine. So I'm really excited. It's gonna look different, but we've got some great things on the docket for you. Our friends from Tulip Winery in Israel, they're just an amazing organization. They have amazing wines. We're gonna to get to share those together. We're also gonna have some handmade desserts for you. Uh, we're also gonna have a charcuterie class. And then there's gonna be some amazing wine pairings. So you don't wanna miss out on that. There's a lot of different tiers of tickets available. So there's a lot of different ways to participate, to pull together family members and loved ones. Again, to raise awareness and to raise a good glass of wine. So you don't wanna miss this. Tickets are available. Go to ecclesiahouston.org and look for turning wine into water so that you can participate as well. We're excited. We want you to be a part of that. And then lastly, Ecclesia, we're so honored that we have our dear friend and sister Erica Graham back to share a message from God's word with us this week. Uh, if, if you've missed her, it's because that uh, they've actually expanded their family. She has a new child in their home. What a gift. And so as Erica comes, I just wanna invite you into a brief moment to pause, to take a deep breath, and to prepare ourselves for uh, what God is gonna do as she opens up the scriptures and she shares a message that God has given specifically for you. And my prayer for you is that it is God's voice speaking directly into your life and your soul, bringing hope and peace and a reassurance of his love and grace wherever you are. Ecclesia, we love you. We are so grateful to be together. Would you join me in welcoming Erica Graham this morning? Good morning, Ecclesia. I am so excited to be back here with all of you. Um, the last time I gave a sermon, I was about ready to pop. I was like 37 weeks pregnant. And now I have a three-month-old. And my days mostly consist of diapers, spit up, rocking, sitting. And so when Chris called and asked me to do a sermon, I got so excited because it meant I got to think about something else. And normally part of my sermon prep process is to go on a walk and look for inspiration and pray. And I did exactly that. I went on a walk, only I didn't realize that now it gets dark at like six o'clock. So I found myself far away from my house walking back in the pitch dark, which I normally don't really like to do. But I looked up in the sky and the stars were out and there was one star that was kind of like an orangey red. 
And indeed, it wasn't a star at all. It was actually Mars. And it was really bright in the sky. And it felt like a sacred mistake that I had made. Normally, I don't want to walk alone at night, but this felt majestic and holy. And I actually requested the song, So Will I, because of this moment. I could probably give a whole sermon on that song. It's my favorite song. But if you notice, and if you were worshiping, worshiping with us earlier, Paul sang these words. He said, the vapor of your breath, the planets form. If the stars were made to worship, so will I. I think that's such a beautiful statement that the stars themselves are worshiping God. In fact, Genesis 3.19 reads, from dust you have come, and from dust you shall return. It's a pretty famous line in the Bible. And what I find really interesting about Genesis 19 is that astrophysicists and planetary scientists now know that indeed we are made of dust. Like the Bible was almost ahead of science here. We are quite literally made of stardust. The very elements that make up a star and a nebula make up our bodies. So our bodies are living, breathing, metabolizing, oxidizing. Bodies of skin and bone and flesh and spirit made of dust. I mean, I think our bodies are so amazing. If you think about it, all these particles of stardust had to organize themselves into atoms and molecules and, and eventually create living cells that then organize themselves into systems like our respiratory system, lymphatic system, endocrine system, all rooting for our survival so that we as a species can make it on this planet. But when I think of the awe and wonder of our very existence as these particles of dust organized sacredly, I don't always just wake up excited to be a human. I don't always think about the wonder and awe of our existence. Sometimes I have anxiety or I feel um, sad or, or I get distracted and I don't see the wonder and awe hiding in plain sight. If you're like me, then you recently watched that documentary on Netflix, it's called The Social Dilemma. And it's all about how social media is running on this uh, economy of attention, they call it. So the whole point is to try to keep your attention. They, they have algorithms that quite literally make us addicted to Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, and Twitter, and YouTube. And I, in this season, especially with the election and, and all the things that are unfolding around us, I find myself doom scrolling, just on my screen all day with my thumb. I'll be nursing, I sit a lot recently in this season, so I'll be nursing with one hand and doom scrolling with my thumb, addicted to this tiny little screen that I carry around. And what I notice is that it's a lot less likely for me to notice the awe and wonder of life, the beauty of our existence, when I'm constantly on my screen. 
I went on a walk and I'm sorry, I have two stories and both are about walks because I honestly don't get out much these days. So um, I went on another walk. This is a different walk. And this little boy was riding his bike towards me. It was about 3.30. So I figured maybe he was going home from school. And he's riding his bike towards me. He's maybe about 10 years old. And he had a shiny orange helmet on. And all of a sudden, he throws his handlebars to the side, jumps off his bike. The bike ghost rides towards me and then crashes towards the curb. And he is over around this tree, collapsing his little hands against the bark. And I got kind of scared. It all happened really fast. I thought maybe he needed help. I thought maybe he got stung by a bee. And so as I walked closer to this little boy, I watched him unfold his hands and in his hands was a grasshopper. And the grasshopper bounced out of his hands and he watched it hop away and he slowly got back on his bike and started to pedal again. And at first I thought, honestly, this kid was a little bit dramatic. Like that whole situation, why did you need to literally jump off your bike for a grasshopper? But the more I thought about it, the more he inspired me. Because how often are we unwilling to put down what we're doing, to see something miraculous or simple or beautiful that's calling our attention and way more important? In fact, this whole grasshopper story reminds me a lot of Exodus 3. Exodus 3 reads, Now one day, when Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, and priest of Midian, he guided the flock far away from its usual pastures to the other side of the desert and came to a place known as Horeb, where the mountain of God stood. There, the special, the special messenger of the Eternal appeared to Moses in a fiery blaze from within the bush. Moses looked again at the bush as it blazed, but to his amazement, the bush did not burn up in flames. So imagine, Moses is walking in the desert. He sees a bush. It's burning, but it's not being consumed. It's almost like there's gasoline on it. The story continues. Moses said to himself, why is this bush not burning up? I need to move a little closer to get a better look at this amazing sight. When the Eternal One saw Moses' approach, saw Moses approach the burning bush to observe it more closely, he called out to him from within the bush. So imagine Moses is looking at this bush and the bush starts talking to him and he knows his name. The eternal one says, Moses, Moses, from within the bush. Moses said, I'm right here. The eternal one said, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals and stand before Stand barefoot on the ground in my presence, for this ground is holy ground. I am the true God, the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. A feeling of dread and awe rushed over Moses. He hid his face because he was afraid he might catch a glimpse of the true God. Now, what I find interesting about this whole scene in the Bible is that the commentary in the voice actually says that burning bushes were common. If you think about it, they're in a desert and 
The plants in a desert are very dry, so a bush would make really fabulous tinder. So I would imagine that people had passed by burning bushes all the time. This was not as striking as it might sound when we read it. But what you need to know is that Moses noticed that something was different about this bush. It wasn't burning up. And I wonder how many other people walked by that bush without noticing that. Like us, how many people are distracted, consumed by things that are addictive and don't matter, missing the burning bushes in plain sight that have a miraculous power, a divine, sacred nature within them, but we're too distracted to notice. And what you need to know is that Moses wasn't too distracted. And as the rest of the story goes, um, Moses was sent to Egypt to free the people that were enslaved. But you might imagine when Moses got this um, invitation, he thought, what am I gonna tell these people? Like, who sent me a bush? A bush of fire? What am I gonna say? A bush just told me you're free? No, so, so he asked God a really simple and I think fair question. He said, who should I tell the enslaved? Who, who should I let them know who sent me? And God responds really, really interestingly. And this is a famous line from the Bible. God responds by saying, I am who I am. Now, Moses is trying to, to gather information about who is sending him. So I would imagine that would be a confusing response. Is Moses supposed to go to the enslaved people and say, um, I am who I am, sent me to free you? Like, I'm not sure that would really clear things up either. So Exodus 3.15, when Moses asked that question, God said to Moses, you shall say the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. So now Moses is told that the Lord is the one who is sending this message to free the, the, those that were enslaved in Egypt. To, to become God's people. And what's interesting about Exodus 3.15 is that the word Lord is spelled in Hebrew Y-H-W-H. Which if you think about it, that's a really hard word to say, if it even is a word. And many scholars believe that it's intentionally a hard word to say because you're not supposed to speak it. It's that sacred. We often refer to these letters as Yahweh. And some scholars believe that the reason that you're not really supposed to say that word out loud is not only because it's so sacred, but it's actually the sound of our breath, of our spirit, of life within. If you think about it, Yahweh actually sounds a lot like our breath. Yahweh, Yahweh. So perhaps when God said, that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, was the one that sent you. The Yahweh was the one that sent you. Perhaps it was a reminder to Moses and those enslaved that it's not a God out there, but it's also a God in here. And it's an invitation to see God in each other, in the life of one another, in the breath and spirit of the human soul.
You know, after I decided to give this sermon, I was scrolling on Instagram. I know, I only give sermons that I need to hear, clearly. But I was scrolling on Instagram and I came across Scott the Painter, who's actually preached here before, Scott Erickson. And he had just done a post on this very subject of Yahweh being the breath of, and the spirit, and also interpreted as the word Lord. And in that post, he said, whether you believe in God or not, your first breath said God, and your last breath will too. I think that's so cool that if Yahweh truly is translated as the sound of our very breath, that we're always worshiping God all the time. You know, we sang in that song that the stars will sing your praises, the creatures will sing your praises, and we, just by being alive and breathing, are praising God without even knowing it. And so this story inspired me to take, make a couple of small changes in my life, and I'm implementing them as of this week, so they're rather new. But one thing I'm gonna try to do to slow down and notice the grasshoppers and the burning bushes in my own life is um, I purchased an alarm clock. And this is pretty old school. I don't think I've had an alarm clock since like college, which was, you know, 2006. But I purchased an alarm clock so that I wouldn't have to take my phone to bed with me. Because what I find is I often lay in bed and I doom scroll on social media. Another thing that I'm going to do, and I would invite you to if you'd want to, is I'm going to leave my phone at home on a couple occasions. If I go visit a friend or if I go on a walk with my mom or, or Garrett, I'm going to just leave my phone at home. I'm also going to go outside intentionally and look up. I tell you, something happened when I looked at those stars that night. Something sacred. And because we're always going like this, there's something beautiful about going like that. And I, for one, I don't do that enough. I'm also gonna focus on not overbooking my schedule. You know, I'm in a season with a newborn where I, I literally can't say yes to everything. And um, I'm gonna work on this old habit that I have of, of not being so booked and busy, but allowing myself to relax and be more mindful in this season. But I think the most important part of this sermon is not to become more mindful. It's not to meditate. Um, I think a lot of times we hear that mindfulness is important for the sake of mindfulness, but this story is not a story about Moses noticing a burning bush for the sake of noticing a burning bush. The reason he needed to be mindful was because he needed to hear God's calling for his own life. It wasn't to enjoy the beauty of the bush, it was to hear the voice of God. And I think when we are calming ourselves and becoming more quiet, that we will hear the voice of God more loudly in our lives. When we are less distracted, we will open up time and energy and space for us to hear the voice of God in our own lives so that we know what the next right thing to do is. And I'd like to close with the parable of the long spoon or the allegory of the long spoon. And it's the story about heaven and hell. And I noticed last week, Chris said the Lord's prayer and he really emphasized on earth as it is in heaven. And as we build the kingdom of heaven here on earth as Ecclesians, I often wonder, what is heaven? Like, what does that mean? 
And this allegory really reminds me of it. So this holy man was sitting in a bar with our creator. And he said to the creator, he said, what is hell? And the creator walked the holy man over to a door and he opened up the door. And inside the door, there was a waft of delicious stew. And there were people all gathered around the stew with these really, really long wooden spoons. At a huge table, the stew was in the middle and they could reach the stew with their wooden spoons, but there was one problem. They couldn't feed themselves. The, the spoons were so long that even when they bent their, bent their elbows, they were unable to use the spoon to feed themselves. So they were all gathered around this beautiful meal, quite literally starving. And the creator said to the holy man, this is what hell looks like. Then the creator walked over to another door and he opened it and he showed them the same picture. There were people gathered around this huge table, a waft of delicious stew uh, filled the nostrils of the holy man. But this image was different. Everyone was happy and laughing and jolly and full. And the reason for that is this group figured out that while they couldn't feed each other or feed themselves with the long, with the long spoons, they could dip their spoons into the stew and reach across the table and feed each other. And the creator said to the holy man, this is what heaven looks like. And so I wonder if when we get quieter and less distracted and more in tune with our calling and the grasshoppers and bushes and stars in our life that are important for us to slow down and become attuned to, if we do that, I almost guarantee you that we will hear the voice of God calling us to feed each other, to use that undistracted time to serve and feed each other, just like we do at Ecclesia so well. In fact, as we go into communion, I'm also reminded that quite literally, this is an example of the reality that we can't feed ourselves. Our spoons are too long and it's not going to work, but we are always invited to feed each other. And we do that every Sunday by breaking bread and remembering that Jesus first fed us so that we too can feed others. And so as I break this bread, I hope that you can remember that this is the body of Christ sacrificed and died on a cross, that died on a cross for us. At home, you might have jelly and toast, which is usually what I use for online services. But if you do have grape juice or something available, I would invite you to dip it in because this is the blood of Christ shed for you. Ecclesia, thanks for inviting me back to be with you on this Sunday. I'm so honored to be here. God is my shepherd, I won't be wanting, I won't be wanting. 
He makes me rest in fields of green with quiet streams. And even though I walk through, through the valley of death and dying, I will not fear you're always with me your shepherd's staff comforts me you are my feast in the presence of enemies surely goodness will follow me will follow me the house of God forever in the house of God forever God is my shepherd I won't be wanting I won't be wanting He makes me rest in fields of green with quiet streams. And even though I walk through, through the valley of death and dying, I will not fear Always with me, your shepherd's staff comforts me. You are my feast in the presence of enemies. The surely goodness will follow me. of enemies the surely goodness follow me follow me in the house of God forever in the house of God forever in the house of God forever Hi, this is the time in our service where we pray a blessing over our kiddos. I'm Gabriel O'Neill, and I read the story today in Storytime. So if your children haven't seen that yet, hop on over to ecclesiahouston.org slash online. Let's pray. God, we know there are bad things going on in the world. We know the world needs change. 
we ask that you would teach us how to love. Teach us how to use kindness and peace to bring about change needed in the world. We ask that you would help us put people before beliefs. We love you. Amen. The benediction this week is a poem by Wendell Berry. May it be a blessing to you on this Sabbath day, or call you into rest whenever this reaches your ears. It's called I Go Among Trees. I go among trees and sit still. All my stirring becomes quiet around me like circles on water. My tasks lie in their places where I left them, asleep like cattle. Then what is afraid of me comes and lives a while in my sight. What it fears in me leaves me, and the fear of me leaves it. It sings and I hear its song. Then what I am afraid of comes. I live for a while in its sight. What I fear in it leaves me, and the fear of it leaves me. It sings and I hear its song. After days of labor, mute in my consternations, I hear my song at last, and I sing it. And as we sing, the day turns, the trees move. So today, and throughout this week, Ecclesia, may you hear your song, that it may be sung well. Go now and always to love and serve in the name of Jesus. Dwell in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.